Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, let's just give the Lord a hand this morning. Thank you, Jesus. We're just going to pray, and then we'll keep moving on. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you this morning for the power that is in the name of Jesus. We just bring ourselves under that name today. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that your spirit is real, your power is real today. And I ask this morning, whatever happens next in this service, that people will draw a little bit closer to you, that you will come close to us, and that we'll know you more closely, Lord Jesus, we pray. So we just thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you just take your seats? And uh, this morning, we have a presentation um, for a very faithful and long-serving part of our church. That's Jan Frost. So for those of you who've been in church um, for any length of time, know that Jan has done a wonderful job as our prayer team coordinator. And all the prayers that we pray that we see so many uh, answers to uh, have come through uh, Jan's leadership of the prayer team. So we just ask Jan to come up right now. We just want to honour her this morning. So Jan has been uh, involved in prayer uh, ministry in our church for how long? 85 years. (laughs) That's good, yeah. So it's been a long, long, long time. And uh, to me, I don't think it's an end of ministry. It's just a transition to something different. So we just want to honor Jan for that, that season of her life where she's served so well and with great distinction uh, in the life of One Heart Church. So we're just going to pray for her. So I'll just ask you to uh, reach your hands forward to her as we pray for her and honor her for those years of service and also to release her for the next thing that God has for her. So it's never, you know, you're laying down and retire, you just find something else to do. So I'm looking forward to what that next is for Jan. So let's just pray for her this morning and, and bless her. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jan. I thank you for her years of commitment and service and willingness to give and to pray and to um, coordinate others in prayer. So I just pray today that as we honour her, that she'll feel the sense of completion, the sense of doing a job well and uh, hearing the voice of God, well done, good and faithful servant. And Lord, we just pray over her for the next in her life. Father, I just know it's not over, it's not finished, but there's something else, there's a next in Jan's life. And I just pray for Jan today as she uh, ponders the next that you fill her with faith, fill her with vision and and uh, confidence that you are with her for that next season. So we just bless her this morning and pray your goodness over her today in Jesus' name. Amen. And uh, we have a, um, a, a gift. There's some more. Well, you can get the other stuff. Oh, those envelopes, please. So there wasn't just a, a lovely pot plant for you. There is something extra. Here we go. Thank you, Mark, my wonderful assistant. Um, so... God bless you. These are just small tokens of our appreciation, Jan. So um, God bless you. Thank you. Now, also, I know I know that Clive would be very, very jealous right now. So we have something for, for Clive as well. So Mark, could you just, um, let's give Clive a hand as well. Thank you. 
I think we need to honour Clive as well for just being a, a person who's always in the house of God. And, um, you know, it's great to have Clive here. He's the one who keeps me honest all the time. So God bless you, Clive, and hope you enjoy your gift as well. So I've had a pretty, a pretty uh, a good week this week. We had a heartbeat on Tuesday night. Who was here for heartbeat? I think that was a, a great night uh, to be at church on a Tuesday night. I really enjoyed it. Beth, you can stop playing now. This is Beth's last service uh, until she has her, her bambinos. So um, if you didn't know, she, she's got, she's got uh, two babies going there. There's a good way to start a family. So congratulations, Beth. So that's her last service this morning, uh, playing for a while until she gets those babies out of her. Um, so it's great. So who, who enjoys our worship? It's, it's fantastic. We do have a great worship team. So this morning I want to continue our series on the supernatural. And um, this morning's message is, is about supernatural war. I think it's um, th- this month we want to be talking about uh, supernatural war and how we get involved in that. And um, I believe that God wants to unlock some, some strategies in our life so that we can be effective um, as a church. So... About war, just going to give you some, some um, history, I guess, about, about people. So people have always been at war against each other. What mankind has been uh, at war against itself um, almost from the beginning of time. Man against man, kingdom against kingdom, nation against nation. Um, if we think back of, of our, our um, historical real-life heroes, um, they come from the battlefields of war. So if we think of, of, of real-life heroes, we think of those who've, who've uh, uh, done extraordinary things on the battlefield. Even the Bible is full of our heroes, uh, very often people who have uh, been at war, so to speak. So this uh, series on the supernatural, I think um, it, it is really, really important that we get a grounding of the supernatural and how we uh, conduct ourselves in this spiritual climate. So about wars, I'm going to give you some interesting facts. Who likes interesting facts? I do. So I have verified the sources of these things, so they are correct to the best of my knowledge. <laughs> so World War I, who's ever uh, heard of World War I? Jan was not there. World War I, it's estimated. See, they cannot even get accurate figures on these on these things, but estimated 17 million people uh, were, were killed in that conflict. Uh, World War II, estimated 70 to 80 million dead. That's a lot of people. Um, now, it goes on that since the Second World War, there have been 250 major wars. That means there's been other conflicts and other wars, but 250 major wars where over 50 million people have been killed. Tens of millions made homeless and countless millions, millions injured and bereaved. So um, here's something for all the, the something else for all the smoko room philosophers. Who loves the smoko room philosophers? I mean, I, I, I wish I knew this stuff back when I was having smoko every, every uh, morning and uh, this would have been really helpful for me. But here, here's one of the, um, the smoko room philosophers' favourite things about religion. They'll, 
often say, and maybe you've been in this place yourself, religion is the reason behind all the wars. It's, it starts all wars. Uh, it's a common attitude that people have that religion is what has caused the world's wars. It's, it's a common idea that people have. But um, I've, I found this, and I'm going to quote this um, as best I can. An, inter- an interesting source of truth on the matter um, is in Philip and Axelrod's three-volume encyclopedia of wars, which this encyclopedia is not a Christian manuscript or anything. It's just guys who've studied war throughout the history. Um, it chronicles 1,763 wars that have been waged over the course of human history. So it's going way back to the times of the Greeks and the Romans and even before that to the, to the um, uh, ancient peoples. So it's chronicled you know, 1,763 wars um, and it says, of those wars, the authors categorise 123 as being religious in nature, which is an astounding, uh, astonishingly low 6.98% of all wars have a, spirit, uh, a, a religious uh, background. When one subtracts out from those wars waging the name of Islam, that's uh, 66 of them, the percentage is cut by more than half to 3.23%. And the number one cause of war, death and suffering throughout our, our measured histories that we can go back to is atheistic communism. That's an amazing fact. The devil will never tell you that. The smoko room philosophers will never know that. But that's the actual truth that has been, that has been established by those who have researched and studied the, fa- the background of war that it's not religion of any description that has created the most amount of wars. And the most astounding thing that we need to recognize and understand is, is this uh, communistic atheism has only been with us for, for possibly less than 150 years. It's a very destructive and, and devastating um, philosophy that causes that. So the devil won't tell you that. It's amazing that uh, the devil has lied and turned the truth. So rather than religion being the biggest reason uh, of war, atheism is actually the factual biggest reason why we have war in the world, from historical background all the way to today. So I hope that uh, helps you with a, a little bit of information. So when you're in that um, uh, the battle room of your smoko hut or wherever it is that you um, have your tea in the morning with your workmates, put that in your little uh, weapons drawer and you can bring that out when someone says, ah, religion, that's a source of all wars. You say, well, actually it's not. Let me show you some truth. But the devil's grubbiest work, I'm talking a lot about the devil this morning, but the devil's grubbiest work is perpetrated in war. Satan's work is to steal, kill and destroy. And he does that no better than when he can cause people to war against each other. John 10.10, we find that. Satan wants to, he wants to destroy the world and people. That's his main goal. His end, end, end goal is he wants to destroy the world and people. But Jesus, it says in, in uh, uh, John 10.10, he comes to bring life's goodness, life's blessings in all its fullness. So God wants to bless the world through Jesus. And perhaps if you're searching for God today, this message will help you um, to find Jesus, will help you um, to, to understand God, to understand Jesus better. So something that separates real wars 
from spiritual wars. So I, I talked a lot this just now as my introduction about physical wars, uh, nation against nation, uh, uh, political movements and things like that, that that create physical wars. But um, what we're going to look at this morning is a spiritual war that uh, is fought at a supernatural level, in the supernatural realms. So you're in it whether you like it or not. Whether you want to believe it or not, you are in that war. In Matthew 10 verse 34, Jesus said this, Don't imagine that I came to bring peace to the earth. I came not to bring peace, but a sword. So that's an interesting statement from Jesus when you consider that Jesus was known as the Prince of Peace, the one who is going to bring peace to the world. But Jesus is saying to people, to his disciples, don't think that I've come to bring peace, I've come to bring a sword. Now this is a reference to a spiritual war. So if you read the, the verses preceding that, it speaks about those who acknowledge Jesus as Lord and those who do not, those who don't. In that point alone is a supernatural point of division, a, a supernatural point of divide, and this identifies spiritual enemies of God that oppose people being saved. So this, the, I said in the prayer time this morning that the most important thing that we have to do as believers as a church is that we help people find their way to God. Help people find their way to Jesus. So I'm going to give you a good scripture to remind ourselves um, just occasionally bring ourselves back to some foundational things that help us to um, recognize the supernatural world we live in and that we are in a war. 2 Corinthians 10 verses 3 to 4. It says this in the um, New International Version. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. So we're not waging war with swords and bombs and, and, and weapons. Uh, it says, The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Now, the, the verse 3 in the New Living Translation says it like this. uses the words, We are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. Because we're not fighting against humans. So the devil's plan is to get people to fight against people. He wants, he wants there to be conflict. He wants there to be war so that people kill other people. And we, you might think, well, that's really massively extreme. But in the same time, he wants people to be at war with people. At the footy club, at the tennis club, in their church, in their house, in their families, with their friends and neighbours. He wants there to be conflict and he loves and he's got a, a, a special ability to bring conflict into people's relationships. So the devil wants you to fight. Um, the, the devil, by the way, he wants us to fight him on human terms, on a human level. And this happens when we can distract from the supernatural authority that we have in the spiritual world and we start to be um, overcome by the enemy's attacks and we don't see the spiritual behind what's happening in our life. But we've got to fight like redeemed spiritual people. Fight like a, a redeemed spiritual person. Fight not in the human, you fight in the supernatural spiritual you. And you need to, you need to uh, uh, find a way that you can uh, unleash that person in your life to become more effective against the attacks of the enemy. So the Apostle Paul, in his writing to the early churches, said this about the supernatural war that we are in. 
Ephesians 6, verse 10 to 18. I'll read the whole lot to you. Paul says a final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world in the supernatural world, against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you'll still be standing firm, stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on uh, the peace that comes from the good news so that you'll be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on, the salva- put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Verse 14 says, uh, so- sorry, verse 18, pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert, be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. So I have a question for you. I have two questions. Who here has ever heard this before? I think nearly everybody has heard a message or heard this or read it before. So I'll give you a a caution, a word of warning. The next statement may cause offense. So just get your offense shield up. So if you've heard that before, you've heard that scripture before, the question is, what have you done about it? What have you done about that question? In Luke chapter 18, verse 1 to 8, Jesus teaches his disciples about praying. And he says that they should always pray and not stop praying. It's a story where it says a a widow went to a a, a judge to get justice and and it says he was a corrupt judge. He, He was an evil judge. He didn't care about justice. And this woman kept going back to him and knocking on the door every day saying, I need justice for my situation. And uh, he, in the end, he says, I don't care about God. I don't care about people. But this lady is killing me. She's wearing me out. I'm going to see that she gets justice so that she'll leave me alone. And you know what? God is, is not an unjust God. God is a righteous, holy, perfect God. And when we bring things to him, as many times as we have to, he will see that we get justice spiritually in the supernatural world in which we live. So does that make sense to you this morning? Our prayers ought to be, uh, oh sorry, I'm I'm getting ahead of myself. Jesus teaches his disciples about prayer. So I want us to, to consider the church, the Christian believers that never pray are sitting ducks. I'm going to ask the musicians to come back and join me. I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but the church, believers that never pray together are sitting ducks to the supernatural attacks of the enemy. So our, our prayers, here's what I want you to understand this morning. Our prayers ought to be offensive in the battle. You know, like there's, the, you know, if you use the American terminology of this word, offense and defense. Well, we're not in America, but, we, but it seems to sound better when you say it like that. But uh, we need to have an offensive attack in the spiritual realm, not just being defensive all the time. And we need to know the difference between offense and defense. 
So we end up with defensive prayers when we neglect offense prayers. So when, we, when we're not praying together as a church, when we don't pray together with other people, then we often find ourselves living in, that pl- in this place of defensive praying where we're, we're praying out of reaction of everything that happens around us, not making things happen for us. So One Heart Church, every year we start with prayer and fasting. That's on the offense. We fire the first shots in the battle. That's an offensive prayer. So we come together and we start praying every Wednesday morning. There's a group of men are here, 7 a.m. on Wednesday mornings, and we're praying offensive prayers. We're not usually praying, oh God, you know, we're praying about things, we're not praying about things that have happened. We're praying for things to happen. So we're taking, we're taking the fight to the enemy. We want to be firing the first shot. And so we want to be a, 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 a church, a people that, that pray together, that, never, that, that, um, that we're not sitting ducks, that we're, we're the ones bringing the fight to the enemy not waiting for, for defensive prayers, which we have to do sometimes, but we're praying in a spirit sense, speaking into things that we haven't got, that we haven't seen, that we're believing for, and that's an offensive prayer because that takes, uh, the, takes the ground away from the enemy. We also pray on Sunday mornings together, 9 a.m. Sunday morning. So for me, church starts at 9 a.m. Sunday. And it would be great if you could join with us. We have uh, lots of people here. Usually all our serving teams are are here with us on on Sunday mornings. But I encourage you to come Sunday morning, 9 a.m., be part of the prayer. Because when we pray together at that level, we are moving into the offensive. We we are firing the cannons first. We are are taking the ground. We are are claiming what we haven't got yet. We're claiming what we haven't seen. And we we want to see... God's kingdom come and we're speaking that because oftentimes you know, entire churches and communities of believers are only ever living in that place of defensive prayer something happened, oh no we better all get down to pray um, something goes against us, well time to pray no we want to be the people of God who aren't sitting ducks for the enemy's target but we're the ones who are setting a target for the enemy we're, we're, we're targeting his plans and we're taking them out before they get a chance to start so we've been, we've been seeing God uh, doing some, some great things in our church. And I know this, this journey of the supernatural will take us into uh, a supernatural warfare. Now, I know we, we might consider, well, what's supernatural warfare? That's a, and I love all these things. Uh, having all-night prayer meetings where we pray and, 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 uh, and seek God's face. I'm not against any of that kind of stuff. But the most important spiritual warfare that we need to understand is seeing the lost come to know Christ. Is finding those who, who don't believe in Jesus, who are disconnected from the love of God and connecting them back to the Father. That is the most important spiritual warfare that we are called to, to be engaged in. That's where we get the win. That's where we have, that's where we have the, the, uh, the, the ground taken from the, from the evil one who wants to kill, steal, and destroy people spiritually is to keep them separated from the love of God. Our role as a church is to reconnect people with their Father. So when you make a habit in your life of praying in the Spirit, you are firing into the supernatural before you even know there's a problem. Who would love to be praying like that? I want to pray before I know there's a problem. 
I want to be praying before something happens to me that I've already spoken into the heavenly. I want to pray over things in my life. Before there's a problem, I want to live like that. And I want you to live like that. I want One Heart Church to be like that. So Satan's work is to steal, kill and destroy. And he does that no better when he can cause people to war against each other. Our role in the church of Jesus is to be agents of life in the full. And we need to remind ourselves when God is with us, life is good. We need to constantly remind ourselves life is good. Find something that that points your attention to the goodness of God and remind yourself of that. Be agents of life in the full. So why don't you just bow your heads with me this morning. I want to encourage you as a a, a person here today, as a believer, do all you can to be a prayer. Do all you can to, to pray in a way that you're not praying out of a reaction of things that have happened to you. And maybe that's the only kind of prayer you've ever been involved in. But I want to tell you today, I want to encourage you and, and, and point you in a new direction to start praying on the offensive. So how do we do that? You've got to start saying, well, God, maybe my finances are out of control. Maybe there's, maybe there's, there's areas of my life that, that, um, that aren't right or I'm believing for better. If you're only just going to pray about those things and you're always praying on the defensive, on the offensive, you start speaking out the things that you can't see. That's called faith praying. Speaking out the things that you haven't got yet, the things that, that you think, well, I, I, I don't even know what's around the corner next. But you start praying and calling those things into, into your situation. Do all you can to, um, to, to pray unity in your life. Because the, the, the enemy's purpose is to bring disunity. Jesus' purpose is to bring unity. And the church that has real power in the supernatural is a church that is unified in purpose and vision and reason and direction. Do all you can to make unity in the house of God your priority. Can you be the church that is always on the offense? I want us to be that church that we pray in the spirit about all things. We, we know the devastation of a physical war where things are are totally destroyed and broken down. But we need to, we, we need to realize that the, uh, the redemptive power of Jesus Christ that comes into a life, that comes into a community when people start to reconnect with the Savior, start to reconnect with Jesus. So this morning, I want us to perhaps stand together And I want, to, I want to speak with you this morning. I want you to pray an offensive prayer. Offense, not offensive, that is like I'm offended prayer. Offensive as, as I'm taking the fight to the enemy. So why don't we just, just perhaps close your eyes together. And I want you to think of an offensive prayer that you can pray. Something that is out there. Perhaps you've been disconnected from the call of God. Perhaps you feel isolated. Perhaps there's something that uh, you're thinking, well, God, you've stirred me uh, many, many times in my life, but I've never really got to where I thought I ought to be. 
It could be health. It could be, could, could be things that you're believing for. If you've got good health, then, then confess over yourself, Lord, I want, to be, I want to continue in good health so that I can continue to serve you. If, you, if, you have, if you're employed, you've got to say, God, I thank you that I'm employed because I want to, I want to do more with, with that, the opportunities I have to support the, the, the kingdom of God purposes through, through my work or whatever it is. I want you to start to speak out things to the future. Be an offensive prayer. The most important offensive prayers that you can pray are, pe- are for people. So I want you to consider people, picture people in your mind right now that, that are away from God. Maybe people have, have turned away from God that, that you're thinking of right now. Maybe there's people you know that have never known God. Maybe some of those are the, the, the uh, smoke room philosophers who seem to have an opinion about everything, but Jesus wants to be real in their life. I want us to pray together this morning an offensive prayer for those people, for those things in your life that you thought of just a minute ago. I'm going to lead the prayer, but I want to hear your voices. Don't be, don't be scared of your own voice. One thing I say if you're in prayer meetings with me is I say we've got to get the mongrel back in our prayers. We've got to be, not be so timid and so, 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 um, so nice in our prayers because the devil sure ain't nice to us. So we need to, we need to start praying with, with a little bit of uh, aggression in our prayers, spiritual aggression that uh, takes the fight back into, into the spiritual realm, into the supernatural realm where we're, we're claiming things. So can you pray with me this morning, church? And I'm just going to ask you to pray along with me. But don't be scared of the sound of your own voice, but pray for people. Pray for those things in your life that, that you need to take the ground in the future. Start to claim the ground. Start to say, well, God, I, I'm going to... I am going to take the, 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 the ground before me, whether that's, uh, you know, greater responsibilities, ministries, uh, um, a, a family, or whatever it is that, that you want to see for the future. You start to claim that as we pray together this morning. So, dear Heavenly Father, I pray over One Heart Church today. Lord, I pray that you release over people's lives uh, salvations. I pray that you release over people's circumstances and families and jobs and uh, uh, things that they've they've uh, uh, looking for and believing for so father we just pray today for the supernatural power of god to be released this morning for salvations to happen we think of the people we see their faces those who who uh, don't know you who are separated who are away from the love of god and i just pray this morning for uh, um, for their salvation that we will see the ultimate war being won in their lives as they come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. So we believe for that. We pray for that. We, we lift our voices this morning, believing you for miracles to take place in the supernatural all around us. We pray for that in Jesus' mighty name. We thank you, Lord. Amen. You can take your seats, church. Actually, we're going we're gonna, to uh, sing this morning and uh, we're going to worship our way through into a supernatural breakthrough in the spiritual realms. So one of the things what um, amazes me is, is we don't have an understanding very often in the church of why we worship together. And sometimes people turn up at church late because they think, oh, I don't want to do the singing part. But you know what, what that singing part does, worshiping together, it creates a unity that is a a gateway or a window for God to to pour down His blessing upon us. 
So um, it's really, really important that we understand a, a big aspect of spiritual war is worship. And when the church comes together to worship, it releases a spirit, uh, the Holy Spirit, into us in a more, more powerful way. Uh, in, in the book of Acts, chapter 2, it says, the believers were all together in one place. They were praying together. And then suddenly the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit was poured out upon them. And, and uh, they all began to speak in other tongues. They saw you know, tongues of fire uh, on everybody's head. And, and there was an amazing move of God. And the church, you know, th- those who were there that night, they went out on the street and saw 5,000 people come to know Jesus. And the most important picture that we have of spiritual warfare is that we are reaching the lost with the good news of Jesus Christ. So I don't, you know, I, I don't, you know, know about um, what other purpose there is in our warfare, but that we become a church that actively, aggressively seeks to bring people to know Jesus. So I want to encourage you with that this morning, church. Um, don't be misled. Don't be sidetracked. But there are people in your world. Uh, that need your touch, that need your your intervention to bring them to Jesus. So uh, just uh, why don't we stand together again and we're just going to worship our way through this this morning.